Welcome to Homespun Wisdom Talks with My Neighbour, with Daniel Confino. Hello. And myself, Sarah Sharman. Hello. <laughs> yeah, well, here we are again. Yes. Back from the dead. <laughs> people, people must be getting the message by now. Yes. It wasn't a freak thing. No, no, no. It wasn't something we recorded before, you know, like for to play at our funeral or whatever. People do leave things, you know. For after the, their demise, don't they? That's nice of them. Yeah. Something to be done at their funeral. Some people spend a lot longer on their funeral planning than others. Yeah. Um, I haven't got round to that yet. No? No. Probably oh. because I don't like tempting fate. Right. But um, have you told people how Well, I've put like... in my will that I want to be buried, not cremated. Okay. Or my expression of wishes. And you've told them what track you'd like to be played as your... No, you see, I haven't got down to the uh, the whole... No, I haven't got onto all that. Do you think your family know? They'll be like, oh, no, I know. They'll probably play some miserable Elvis Costello song and everyone will be crying their eyes out. Uh, yes, you know, I'm sure we'll find something suitable. But I might... I don't, I don't know if it's right to dictate what you want. When you're gone, you're gone. You know, other people decide everything then. Yeah, but then you want people to have a celebration for your life and have it relate to what they knew you for. Yeah. I mean, the law is quite interesting. I never could understand it, but there's a thing called the law of perpetuity. Right. Which is how long you can control what happens to your estate. Okay. So you can't control it forever, saying, you know, forever this will happen. And you have to choose a living person. I can't remember how it works. Sometimes you choose a member of the royal family mm. and you say that as long as, you know, Prince Harry is alive, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, or maybe it's his children. I can't remember now. But, you know, obviously one wouldn't want to choose Prince Harry because, you know, I mean, he's not a very respectable member of the royal family anymore, is he? In fact, is he even still going to be a member? Who really cares if he's a member of the royal family? At least... Well, it would matter for the laws of perpetuity if you, oh. named, if you named him. <laughs> I'm sure somebody understands them. I've long forgotten. I, if I ever understood them, I've long forgotten mm. the rules. But it's it's about a way of saying that you can't control what happens to your money right. forever. And it's all part of the how long can you control things when you're gone. When you're gone, you're gone. Yeah. You can't take it with you, apparently. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Now, I've had a very frustrating session between our recordings. I had to drive off down to a place in Kent to meet somebody who was going to do a job. Okay. And he spent a long time measuring up. He First of all, he used a, um, one of those retractable measures, you know, like a Stanley rule. And, and then he got his wheel out because he didn't trust the ruler or something and measured okay. everything up and spent a lot of time fiddling on his quotation program and then came up with a number which I didn't like. But well, instantly, you know he doesn't want to do the job because he's faffing around, bringing out all sorts of tools. But if he just didn't want the job, why didn't he say so? Because he know? has to see it first. I never argued about the problem. Well, he, he did see it. He'd been there when I arrived. I even brought him a hot cup of tea oh. and managed to work out how much sugar he wanted. So I was doing all the right things. And then he, you know, if you're going to say no, just say no early on. Don't. Yeah. I, maybe he was hoping I'd just reject the quote and then he wouldn't have to deal with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't reject the quote. 
So um, he then had to say, well, actually, I'm worried about falling to my death. And I thought, well, have you planned your funeral? Because, you know, um, if you have, then everyone's ready. Yeah. You know? And do you have life insurance? Yes. I, I remember once we were standing on the platform at Brockley Station. There's a yellow line. You're not supposed to be the, the railway side of the line, are you? No. Because it could be dangerous. Very. And uh, this station person caught me and my wife. I was the wrong side of the line. She was the right side of the line. She said, excuse me, sir, would you move the other side of the line? And then I said to her, look, um, here's my wife. Does she look worried? And the answer was no. And I said, and the reason why she's not worried is if she knows I've got plenty of life insurance. So even if the worst happened, you know, she'd be a rich widow. <laughs> and could then run off with some man. Probably is what she wants to do anyway. So I, <laughs> I don't think that's the case. <laughs> apparently Italian men don't buy life insurance. No. It's very, very hard to sell. Do you know why? No. Because they don't want to, you know... Make Encourage their, the women. They don't want to pay for the next lover. You know, they reckon if the, if the woman gets the money, it'll just allow her to, you know, be out there in the market for another lover as a rich ah. widow. So they'd rather imagine that she was poor and miserable and friendless and sexless. Ah. You know, so it tells you a lot about the Italians when they're all those sort of, you know, all sort of full of bonhomie and joy of life, and then actually they're mean little bastards. Oh, well. I mean, to be fair, I probably wouldn't want the same either. <laughs> but, you know, they do, they do make nice food. Yeah. A lot of people say, when confronted with a ridiculous question, but it, I guess it serves its purpose, if you had to eat just one cuisine mm. for the rest of your life, what would it be? And you know, quite a lot of people... Actually, I'd go for Japanese, I think. What do you mean? Although it's not hot enough, it's generally. Not, no. no. Not good in the winter. But Italian is, is certainly up there as a, you know, something that you can live with. Yeah. Um, also, they break up the meal more than most people because they have that first course, second course. They have the antipasta, the pasta, the main course, and then the pudding. So they... You can also have cheese. You know, they... they what, what What's your favourite meal of the day? What's my favourite meal? I like a big lunch. Big lunch? Yes. At the weekend? And during the week, especially if I'm working on set. Oof. What do you mean? So you're working on set and you can find time for a big lunch? Yeah, they give you an hour to have lunch. Wait, is that a big lunch for an hour? What are you talking about? <coughs> That's pretty much a sandwich. No, no. You'd uh, have the salad, then your hot main, cheese board if it's a good production... Is this, the, is this the catering yeah. trucks and things? Uh-huh. And you sit somewhere? Yes. Not outside? No, hopefully not outside. Sometimes in a big marquee or it's on a dining the, bus. the way they make movies. They, they were making a movie down the road here in Nevada Street last weekend. And uh, just the, the whole logistics of it is incredible. They, it was a, it was, they were making Ollie, which is um, a, a film about the Blitz, I believe. Yes, but it won't be who, called Ollie when it comes out. Um, what's the director called? Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. I always get confused because there's the Steve McQueen, isn't there? The, mm. the other Steve McQueen. The old The Great actor, Escape, yes. yeah, and Bullet and everything. Anyway, um, yeah, and it's so impressive that it, the way they organise it. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. So the catering is just an important part of that, isn't it? Yeah, it's not really worth going to work if you're not going to be fed like an absolute, I don't know, what to eat like that these days. What? I was going to say, it's not... 
It's not like worth going to work if you're... It's like a king. Like a king. It's no yeah. queen anymore. So you like a long lunch. Yes. No, but how can you ever get back to work after a long lunch? How can you, well, how can you heave your carcass out of the chair and do anything useful after I that? I don't need to get back on set normally straight after lunch so I can shut my eyes for a moment. Yeah. And then they'll call me, Sarah! Is, like, is there any alcohol? No. no not on a... the job. No. What about on the set? No. Not it's that either. Grape juice, isn't it? That's what they use. Do they ever really drink alcohol in when they're shooting pictures and they show somebody having a whiskey? Is it ever really the thing? Or is it no. always... It's never the thing. That would probably be appetizer for a... For whiskey? whiskey. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What do they use for red wine? Ribena? Ra grape juice. Yeah, white wine? White grape juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> you need to get the... Yeah. Froth on top, don't you? Tequila, probably just water. Just isn't water. It? Yeah. What annoys me on some productions you see on TV, you can tell that the coffee cup's empty. And they're just pretending to slurp. Or they're just carrying it, but the the weight of an empty paper cup. Allowed, yeah, yeah, of course. I, just I put water that, in there, and I'm yeah. like, and then they put it down, and you can hear it's empty. I was like, yeah. this is ridiculous. You're allowed to drink coffee, presumably. Yes, but then I guess you don't want to be carrying a hot drink whilst you're. Health and safety gone mad. <laughs> so when, when people act It's like drunk, scaffolders not going up scaffolding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just wasted my morning. So when people act drunk, they, they can never actually be drunk. They have to just no. act drunk. Yeah. Have you ever had to do that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You, you probably didn't have to act, did you? Well... Just, just connect to you know, various <laughs> memories that you have. Or uh, generally, if I'm drunk too much, I just fall asleep. Well, that's not acting then, is it? Well, 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 I, I could get a job, you know, as an actor falling asleep. I'm not actually sleeping. Yeah, I know, but I mean, how hard is it to pretend to be asleep? Quite hard for some people, actually. Actually, I often think that when they show scenes of somebody being woken up or mm. waking up, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's not authentic. Doesn't doesn't have that sort of failure to connect with the world for long enough. They're too much, you know. They're doing open, too much, aren't they're they? They're straight out of bed, you know, yeah. swinging their legs over. Because when I wake up, I just open my eyes and then just stare for a good ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think somebody needs to think harder about the whole waking up business. But, but the actually looking asleep thing, I mean, that's a doddle. That's, that's money for old rope. Mm. But, you know, but the waking up bit, that's when you earn your money. Yeah, I like that. Money for old rope. Have you not heard that? No. You oh, can't. my God. I mean, every expression I've used today... There you go. You say you're finishing off my education. What do you say money for then? If you want to show it's not good, not a good deal, you know. I mean, it, it's easy money rather. I just say it's easy money. Yeah, but you know, the, the language has got to be rich and beautiful, oh, and full of full of metaphors and yeah. aphorisms. Aphorisms. What's an aphorism? I don't know, Daniel. Oh, look it up whilst we're talking. I've got my phone with me now. <laughs> I just sort of the word came up from somewhere, but I've got no idea what it means. A-P-H-O-R-I-S-M. Um, but we were going to talk about meal times, and I'm going to just kick off, if I may, Sarah, whilst you're doing a bit of... I've got it here, oh, what is it? phone. A pithy ob observation which contains a general truth. Oh. A conscious statement of scientific principle, typically by a classical author. What? what? I don't know. I'm on fire today. He who hesitates is lost. Yeah, money for old rope. Easy come, easy go. And money for old rope. 
Right, uh, you're on fire. Well, I just thought I wasn't even sure what an aphorism meant. It was just somewhere lurking in, in my conscious, subconscious. I was on fire yesterday. Yeah. And then you informed me that it was Blue Monday. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know it's Blue Monday, you're not going to be blue about it, are you? No, exactly. It affects you. feeds back. Yeah. So why there's, people... there's Black Friday. Yeah. There's Friday, the, yeah, and then there's Blue Monday, apparently. It's, um, it's the saddest day of the year. Yeah, but that's projecting your emotions and feelings onto other people, how they should be feeling, because you're, you know, it's that time of I, I January. Don't, I don't do anything. I'm, you know, I, somebody sent me an offer to cheer me up on Blue Monday, which was a chance to buy vouchers at 20% off for a restaurant I like. So I thought, oh, well, I'll do that then. Nice. When are we going? <laughs> Actually, they do a really good Sunday lunch at the Coal Shed. Okay. I went the other day with La Famille. La Famille. And they do, they give you half a kilo of good meat, really good meat, and all the trimmings. Okay. Um, for £26 each. That's all right. Yeah. Did he have meat sweats once he'd finished eating? No, no. And I had plenty of horseradish, which... Oh, I love horseradish. And, um, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to go back. And that's why I bought the vouchers, because I can now have 20% more meat for the same price, you see. So do you go out for uh, a meal with your family every Sunday? No, no, by no means. But um, as Jane's away, I just thought I'd invite everybody. Oh. Also because I managed to get £2,500 out of EDF that... You know, I, I told feel... you not to tell the kids about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel like a bit of a celebration. I filled in a form called the deemed supply form. Yeah. And they had to go back five years and redo my bills as if I was somebody that I'm not. So come again. What was that form called? A deemed supply. It's deemed supply. Yeah, it means as if. Deemed means as if. Mm. Um, yeah. Nice. So, um, yeah. I, I, I need to be able to thank the guy that told me to do it, but I don't know where he is now. He's on somewhere at EDF. Wow. Yeah. Did you get his name? Um, I can't remember. He was a really nice guy. We'll call I mean, him Thomas. You know, for anyone that, that was interested in the Panasonic argument that we discussed on a previous episode. Yeah? Yeah, I, I keep getting really ridiculous emails from Panasonic saying that they have a flexible policy and they don't just sit behind the guarantee and say if it happened after just after 12 months that we don't recognise it but then they couldn't tell me how they have a flexible policy you see oh. and then they said that we were prepared to offer you a voucher for another machine I said well another defective machine you know no why would I buy one of yours again since then I've started looking at what the interior of microwave ovens is made of and what are most of them made from the cheapest ones are just painted okay and that's apparently what this is right but you can get ceramic you can get stainless steel and you can get um, something else, porcelain, not, not porcelain, um, oh, enameled. We talked about enamel, we? didn't we? We did talk about enamel. Which is actually a glass, very high glass. It's like spraying molten glass on something. Right. And then it, But it doesn't crack or anything off. That's the best coating, molten glass. So, so Panasonic don't do no, any of those? No, but they, really? see, they, they expect you not to be a savvy customer, not to know... Just to go on the price, so everything's nice on the outside and on the inside, it's cost it's stupid, you know, um, mm. pointless, cost saving that for three minutes is appealing and then and then breaks up into mm. rusty nonsense. Anyway, I'm not going to get back onto that subject. Um, 
Well, that's good to know. So we're talking about meals, and I would like to say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day for me. Not just in terms of what they say about breakfast, but because it's, it's the start of a day full of prospects, full of hope, so... full of potential. Potential, and, okay. and I, I think if breakfast goes wrong, mm. you, you're never going to really recover. So have you always made time for breakfast, even before you started working for yourself? Yeah. Did you stop and have breakfast every yeah. single morning before going out to work? You did. Yeah, I've always had breakfast. Okay. I mean, when I lived in Spain for a year, yeah, as a young man, when I was still a lawyer, mm. and um, there you go out to have breakfast at your bar. You choose a bar by some means. I chose the one which is called the Moustache. I can't think why. Mm. Il bigote, bigote, and um, and you you would be known by the staff, and you would turn up, and before you even had a chance to say anything, and you didn't need to, they would just look at your face right. and bring you a coffee, you know. Okay. And maybe, I think we've talked about this, put some brandy in it, a little carajillo. Perfect. You know, they say you've got the face of sleep or something. Tienes una cara de sueño. Um, and then they would give you a bit of, a, you know, a perk up. And then you would have your breakfast, which could be all sorts of things in Spain. Mm. You know, maybe a bit of omelette. Yeah. Maybe they do croissant a la plancha, which means you cut the croissant in half. Yeah put it on the plancher with a bit of butter and sort of so you make it all nice and hot and buttery and then you can put jam on that and that's really that's actually quite delicious they have churros nice you know what they are the extruded yeah and then there's puros which are the fat version of that oh yeah not so common no puros. they're for the guys with the big dicks of course oh daniel why do you always have to lower the tone <laughs> well i mean it's true <laughs> i mean are you a sort of a churros person which is a sort of spindly thing or are you a puros person <laughs> puro is actually also the name for a fat cigar right you know so you can see the connection there you know okay. the size of cigar the size of your breakfast and you can dunk those in your coffee actually and the more dunkable yeah. Do you know, so I was speaking to a friend not so long ago, actually, about uh, breakfast, because her boyfriend has discovered that she's really not a morning person and she has to have like her coffee and breakfast before anyone talks to her. She doesn't want to talk to anybody when she's just got up, and especially if they're away. She goes, I'd rather be somewhere where I don't have to go out and look for breakfast. And I was like, I'm on the same page as you there. If I'm staying in a hotel, I want breakfast included. If I'm staying in self-catering, we need to make sure that we've taken things for the morning so we don't have to go out and go shopping first before we can eat. But uh, mm. yeah, some people's mood is dictated by whether they've had their coffee or their... Yeah, or their routine, actually. Yeah. It could be their routine. Whereas I can just get up and go, I don't... I don't always eat breakfast, not straight away at least, but, uh, hmm. and then sometimes there I don't is... always eat lunch. So actually, we had a party a few years ago, and this girl that I was at university with, actually had designs on her, ah. but the one time she came around to see me, I was with another one, and that oh, probably didn't help. Daniel, you're just like a conveyor belt of women, just through your life. Casanova. Well, they call me Casanova. Why do they call me Casanova? I can't remember. Um, but she, years later, and she was married and everything, and you know, I still lusted after her a bit, mm. said, um, we were having a conversation, she said, Daniel, you have to earn your breakfast. And that's something that I always used to say. And I said, where did you hear that? 
She said, you told me that all those years ago. And it turned out that this had really changed her life. Oh. I mean, I didn't realise how, you know, how much she had paid attention to a bit of a throwaway remark. Right. But the idea of earning your breakfast is don't just get up and shuffle down to your kitchen and make yourself breakfast. Do something first. Okay. Earn it, you see. So by the time you come and have your breakfast, you've already tilled the fields or milk the cows or, you know, to, to use a sort of agricultural analogy. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, what's the expression, till the cows come home, mean, by the way? Uh, have you heard that one before? I have heard that oh, one. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's the first one today. Yeah. What does it mean, till the cows come home? Uh, you know they come home of their own accord at the end of the day. Right. When they're munching. Mm. So that's the kind of, the finality of it all. Okay. So yes, um, you know, earn your breakfast by doing something. Now, what could you do in the morning to justify your breakfast? Earn your breakfast? Or do you just get stuck in? I just get stuck in. See, can you just imagine how much richer and more fulfilled your life would be if you felt achieved that, you know, by the time you had breakfast, it was already a mini reward? Yeah. I mean, you could have gone for a run. I could have, People yes. People take the dog out, maybe. Yes, I, I used know. to do that occasionally. Um, you could take the bins out. I mean, yeah. you know, something. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just think, you know, eating. Mm. I mean, what's the difference between tasting and eating? Well, tasting is taking time to absorb the flavours. And eating's just wolfing it down. What, when you look at most up. people, what do you, what do you think? Uh, they're probably on a time restriction and wolfing it down. So this would be what, like a, a sandwich place, like yeah, a fret or a... Eating on the go or just at their desk, not really taking time out to eat because they're yeah, still... it's more sort of fuel. Yeah. Than a... And what about tasting? When do people really take time to taste their food? I feel when they're sat down at the table and, you know, just concentrating on... What, what influences your appreciation of food? When you know what, what helps you to enjoy it? Me personally. I mean, when I cook for you, yeah, you, you always are very complimentary about my food. Like ah, you know, there's that kind of aha moment when you sort of think, oh yes, this is, this is what life should be like. Yes, I've because starved I, myself long enough. Yeah. That <laughs> it's kind of like, and I, I just knock things up without too much fuss, don't I? I just sort of you know, pottering around a bit and. No stress and, and then... You say mag- without a fuss, but that's been practice over the years. Yeah, well, you, know, you have to take it away from me. It's quite <laughs> experience. But I mean, you know, I, I produce magnificent food. You do cook without, very well. Without... Even a simple making... bacon sandwich was absolutely delightful. Yeah, everything can be an act of love. Mm. Which is food is sort of in the in the love end of the spectrum for me. Yeah. So I, I'm the go-to person for scrambled eggs. Okay. And smoked salmon. Right. You know, that's, I mean, it's something about the way I beat the eggs. Okay. It's those big hands of yours, Daniel. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> I kind of create an, like a waterfall it's over and over. Okay. You don't just whiz the fork around in the eggs. No, I create no, no. this over and movement. So it's like a hole. It's like, you know, a hole in the middle of the eggs. Do you see what I mean? Because I'm beating yes. it round in a, in, a large, in a large jug. Yes, it needs to be a large jug. Mm. Actually, funny enough, I learned that from the guy who used to give me breakfast at the Bigote in Spain. You know, yeah, the moustache place. Yeah, the moustache place. He would beat the eggs for me in front of me, and I think, oh, I like the way you beat My the auntie's egg. a good egg beater. Yeah. 
I always say, you know, there's so many things in life, but you can't beat them. Well, you can, you can beat them. Um, <laughs> you can't beat so many things, but you can beat them. I mean, they used to say at university, what's the difference between an egg and a good wank? Oh, gosh. You can beat an egg. Okay, that's not a very good joke. No. <laughs> Once again, listeners, I do apologise when Daniel always lowers the why, tone. Why, why did Ox- Cambridge students make love to or bonk, as we would say, other students? Do you know why? What did the Cambridge students... Yeah, why, why did men bonk women at, at university? Uh, because they were just too lazy to wank. Right. Okay. This, this isn't going very well, is it? I'll need to think about that one. And you then can, edit, you can edit this one out if you have <laughs> It's fine, I'll leave it. Someone's anyway, laughing at home. So the, the, the eggs, yeah, you know, it's, it's all about the beating, right. keeping them cold. Keeping them cold. They've got to be from the fridge. And then the way you cook them, oh, keeping them wet. Right. And they carry on cooking for quite a long time after you've taken them off the heat. So that you take them off a little before, quite a lot before you think they're done. To your, and, and they should still be sort of wet. Well, to my taste. Not yeah. not runny, but just not solid either. Okay. Not dry. I once had a terrible moment when so I, I, I went somewhere for eggs, scrambled eggs and smoked salmon, mm. and they chopped the salmon up and put it in the eggs. And it was, oh. you know, if, if people knew how much work was involved in making smoked salmon, avoiding it having any heat, because it's just yeah, cold and smoke. Got... And then the idea that at the last minute these people put it in the hot Mix. I mean, you weren't just... in a Weatherspoons, were you? No, I, I had a word with the lady. She she said, well, what did she say? You're the... First person to complain. Exactly. And I said, that tells me a lot about your customers, not about me. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, I mean, if you're cooking breakfast for somebody, because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of faffing over breakfast, isn't there? There's a lot of bits and pieces. You're going to make tea, coffee, toast, more toast, more this. Fruit salad. And there's quite a lot of things to combine onto a plate if you're doing a big, a full English. And I have kippers, and yeah, actually, I really like kippers. Um, it's like a bit very self indulgent thing. I get nice bread. We've got that rosemary and um, potato sourdough. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, it's worth having decent bread. Yeah. And yeah, you can sit down and it feels like you're, you feel good. I mean, yeah. it's a good start to the day. It is. And it's even better if you if you do it for somebody so they can just sit there and be pampered rotten. Um, so yes, I think breakfast is the meal for me where it all can go. So let tell me, do you prefer to have breakfast cooked for you, or you prefer cooking breakfast for someone? No, I I, I like things to be done for me. Oh, okay. But I enjoy the praise and the right. appreciation. Okay. And it's important to be the go-to person for, for things in life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have a few things that people would always turn to me and say, all right, Daniel, this is you, and you know that no one is going to invade your territory. Even though they might learn and could learn to do them, they just know that you don't go there. Okay. So even though my, my son and my daughter-in-law are excellent chefs, they know not to transgress. Okay. Because it would be a bit insulting, you know, a bit disrespectful to try and make better scrambled eggs than me. You sh- guys should have a cook-off. <laughs> a cook-off? A cook-off, yes. Uh, we all have the same thing to cook, but with your own spin on it. I mean, this is, this is what we're not tr- trying not to do is, you know, there are certain things that you reserve <laughs> no. out of the competitive environment <laughs> no, of the family. No, but you should have a little bit of healthy competition and then have... 
the other members of your family sit, maybe blindfolded, and then taste each of them. Or even swap around with yourselves and be like, oh no, Look, that's the one I We've I'd got another think. episode planned on family values and, you know, how Harry and Meghan, you know, might not have done the best thing in the world. Um, but you're straying into that because what you're suggesting is going to be extremely destructive of, of family and domestic harmony where people get competitive but you know what, sometimes... and they give unfair judgments or because <laughs> it's also subjective and they'll just support the people that they like. It'll be straight out of the Eurovision contest no, where they vote you know on block. Daniel, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there is. There is everything wrong with it. Oh, maybe your family's secretly way too I competitive. Mean, no, I think I think if you would... Well, it depends what you pick on. I mean, in some families, maybe if you insult their sporting prowess, that would be the worst thing you could do. Mm. In other families, if you attack their intellect, mm. you know, or their knowledge, or their experience... But in our family, it's if you criticise their food. No, but you... <laughs> so you... No, no, no. You, you won't you, be saying it's bad. You'll just be tasting different ones and then you go, oh, I made that one. And then whoever will be going, Sarah, actually, Sarah, no, that's my one. Take it from me. But you're <laughs> setting up an absolute nightmare situation here, where everyone's going to go away feeling unhappy and revengeful. <laughs> no, no. It's not going to work. I mean, maybe it works in the Shaman family, you know, um, and that you, the one thing you don't want to say is you're looking a bit overweight today, Sarah. You know. Oh, my mum tells me that all the time. or underfed. Well, she's the one always trying to put chicken fillets down your front. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So, so breakfast for me is absolutely fundamental. You know, yeah. and I like the idea of having it after a little bit of. You know, sometimes I do my emails and get things off my chest a bit. Okay. Um, so I feel you know that I've got well into the day, got ahead of myself. Right. And then I can have breakfast, and other times it's, it's about going out and having a walk or something, mm. uh, or nipping around to Gales and getting some buns, and you know that in itself is a, is a yeah. little outing. Or Greg's for some yum yums. <laughs> Why do you have to spoil it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to give myself that upmarket feel of Gales, and now you mentioned Greg's. Because not all, our, still... list, not all our listeners have a Gales near them. No, that's true. So, Greg's is still using Greg's. the Christmas box for their yum-yums. They're very resourceful. <laughs> well, they just over-ordered. Over so it's better than throwing it in the bin, isn't well, it? Yeah, we, there we, we go. We were just listening to Jeremy Vine talking about collecting your fish and chips and something yeah. sensible. And, you know, I've got a triple-deck stainless steel <laughs> steamer, mm. an oval one, and when I go to the fish and chip shop, they love it. Yeah. They put the chips in the base. Okay. First deck on fish, fish. Next deck on fish, fish. Then the lid, or maybe the you know the bits and pieces, like the mushy peas. What that goes on the top deck. Well, yeah, they heat everything. They put the metal on on the outlet from the you know they have that big fryer yeah. and it's producing hot air and so they put it on to heat it all up. So it actually it comes home ready heated. And when I get back, I just dismount the layers and everyone can get going the chips are there the fish is there and then usually i have a good family that will make the tea get the gherkins the tartar sauce the ketchup and, and put the plates out and heat them first and cutlery so harmonious. and i i just come back and you know i'm the i'm the hunter gatherer coming back with feeling achieved that i brought the food into the family you know put food on the table isn't that what they say oh there we go all those italian movies I, say, I put the food on the table I mean, how was your father he was a provider he put food on the table <laughs> he used to beat us to sleep 
He put the food on the table. Back to Italian food. So, so you've done breakfast. Well, I've done lunch. Oh, you, you're rushing things today. What, what are you in such a hurry about? <laughs> I, thought, I thought you liked a long lunch, and now you want to get straight I on to dinner. I do like a long lunch, especially with. I was at work the other day. I have many jobs. One of my jobs is working at a restaurant. And it's quite nice. You didn't mention the name. It's called The Orchard. It's in Broccoli. It's yeah. a very nice place to go. You can come and ogle at uh, Sarah. And, uh, I... That's what you're allowed to do with waitresses. What's that, sorry? Ogle them. Ogle them. Do you know what ogle means? It means lech. Yes. Because a lot of waitresses are, are, are actresses and things, you know, who are doing it to make a bit of money, like you. Yes, and then also lots of them just aren't there. Maybe they're just students or I mean, they I, work I in have, hospitality. I might have been served by Meryl Streep. Maybe. You know, looking for a few extra dollars in New York once. I think I was, actually. Oh, wow. Look at you. Always finding the names oh, dropping. I don't know. She didn't <laughs> want the lights on, so I never was sure. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I forgot what I was saying. Ah, yes. I was just watching everyone and a family came in and they greeted the, the granddad and the young boy gave him a nice big hug. The other child gave him a hug and then the teenage granddaughter was a bit standoffish and he goes, oh, come here, give me a hug. I go, oh, this is so nice. People gathering round the table, even though they're out, they yeah. come together, sit down and just enjoy food and chat. Yeah, I mean, what it's else so is there nice. to life? Wow. I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, I'm yeah. Jewish, and, you know, that's 90% of Jewish life. Yeah. Except when you say chat, I'd use the word argue. <laughs> is that why you're not having any competition? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I've had enough arguments in my lifetime. I'm not going but to. You and I frequently go to the bagel shop in Brick Lane, don't we? To yeah. salt beef, or sometimes you, you aren't man enough for the job, and you have a... I'm saving you pennies, Daniel. You have cream cheese and smoked salmon. Well, it's not, don't do it for the money, please. <laughs> in other, my life, that's not worth the saving. Um, yeah, but they do an amazing salt beef sandwich. Though. They do. I mean, I think they should have people outside saying, would you like to sign up and be Jewish? Because, you know, if you enjoyed your salt beef bagel that much, you probably should be Jewish. We should be Jewish. So they give you so much beef in there. They as do. Well, they? Yeah, my God, I had to... Take some out. <laughs> I think it's because they fancy me, actually. I think when they're cutting the beef, there's, there's no kind of portion control there. No. If you're, a, you know, if you're charming, witty, handsome, engage nicely with them, flirt a little bit. Yeah. And seeing as they're middle-aged women who appreciate that sort of attention, mm. then as they're cutting, they think, I'll just cut another couple of pieces, you know. He seems like a nice chap. Yeah. And um, if you're a, you know, an arrogant little... Get. They, they just sort of cut the thinnest slices imaginable and just three of them or something like that. extra mustard. <laughs> and they probably say you don't need a... <laughs> Maybe they think you do need a big gherkin, you know. Mm. In your case, you certainly do. Oh, well, thank you. Have you seen the gherkin challenge? The no. pickle challenge? You can order a big pickle. It just comes sealed, individually sealed, with different toppings and I think it's the hot pickle challenge that's getting people mm -hmm. and you put it looks disgusting you put this red sauce on it and then sprinkle some other bits and you just chomp away at this huge pickle right. and people are videoing what's, it what's the, what's the object 
I think it's a really... Is how quickly you eat it, or...? No, it's just surviving eating the pickle. You actually eat the whole thing. Yes. But there's usually a time restriction. I don't think there is, but some of these videos on TikTok are quite suggestive the way some people are eating Well, you know, but ever since the flake advertisement, you know, and we've, we've had to deal with that. Yeah, we? but... Uh, I mean, you know, you criticised me for buying the Pirelli calendar. I did not criticise you. Well, I know you, it was the way you looked at me. Yeah, I was like, oh... I actually thought it might be quite useful for my photography to sort of see some suggestive poses. Yeah. I've been trying to suggest to some middle-aged women I know mm-hmm. that one way to defy age and um, and menopausal sort of stresses is, is to have photographs taken of them when they're looking incredibly sexy. Right. And alluring and catty and yeah. feline. I don't mean catty. That's different. I mean, you know, just those come-to-bed eyes. Right. Have you heard that expression? Yes, I have. No, 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 good, good, because I'm, I'm just don't want to assume too much. No, you know? no, no, that's okay. And um, and I, I've been looking at, the, at how photographers over the years have managed to achieve this. I mean, I spent a long time studying Annie Leibovitch because she's very good with hands. If you ever look at her pictures of the presidents and so forth, she obviously is directing the hands a lot. Yeah. And I've learned to do that. Uh-huh. Do you know what I've been? I've been drawn naked before. Yeah. I have, you know. You were um, posing for a, what do they call it? A class? No. No. A very uh, well-known artist. Yeah. Yes. When I was out in LA, my friend who I was staying with said, "Oh, my friend Derek wants to draw some some women," and there was a, a brief, and I was like, "Oh." can do that well it sounds like it wasn't a brief to me (laughs) and I thought do you know what why the hell not because in years to come I could look back on this picture yeah you're on my on my page here on the same page and just go yeah that that was was, that was me yeah exactly so I'm trying to talk to these pencil I'm trying trying to talk to all these incredibly you know anxious women yeah um, to pres- now whilst they can yeah capture something that they can always recharge their batteries looking at right i mean one of the reasons why women ha- like having daughters is because they can then parade them it's kind of like look that's what i used to look like you know uh. they might as well have a sign on them with an arrow pointing to the side yeah. saying that's what i used to look like you know okay. so you can look at the mum but the tragedy of every woman is that she grows to be her mother as Oscar Wilde pointed mm. out. So you look at the mother if you want to know what you're buying. Buying's the wrong word. Um, <laughs> kind of buying into. We're getting a bit off the subject of food. I mean, we did a, it was really nice. We were sort of on, on, on subject with breakfast, then lunch, we sort of skirted around a bit. I mean, you know, it's often a bit perfunctory lunch. People, you know, don't treat lunch unless they have a business lunch, should right. we say, which is obviously a different thing. Yeah then it's usually just grabbing something. And then maybe dinner is a bit more elaborate or, mm. um, you know, it might even be a takeaway or a Deliveroo type thing. Yeah. There was a meal in the middle of that, though, called tea or high tea. Ah, oh, high tea. And I'm, I'm meeting my sister for tea today. High tea? Yeah. You're going to the, uh, the Ritz? No, the Delaunay, uh, because yeah. she's actually doing a course at the LSE right next door. So she's I'm, a student again? No, well... No, she's doing a course. I don't, oh. I don't think she's a student again. But she's retired and she likes to 
fill her time up with courses. I mean, I, I took some pictures of her for her 70th. Yeah. And the thing that's really annoying about her is she's got such a great set of lashes. Has she? She's always had good teeth. Right. I can remember always, you know, everyone always complimented her on her teeth. It was like, it's not, you know, not enough attention is given to good teeth. I mean, she's got American-style perfect teeth, oh. but without any work having been done. Amazing. Just natural Is she married teeth. to a dentist? <laughs> no, she's married to a what was called a QC, now called a KC, ah. a lawyer, a barrister. Oh, well, I see. Is he Jewish? <laughs> That's not funny, Sarah. I don't know why I'm laughing so much. Is that a bit of anti-Semitism coming out there? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm no, because ask. I'd be aggressive about it. <laughs> it's just a general question, because you were a lawyer, uh, yeah, I Your was, son I studied law. What, what, what's the point you're making? I mean, it's, you it's, it's very to, well known to, that to. in Jewish families, one son is the lawyer, one's the doctor, one's the accountant, one's the there dentist. You know, what, what, what's, what's, <laughs> there we there's go. There's no, there's no shame in this. <laughs> no. no, I don't even know why I'm laughing. Yeah, actually, um, I'm a bit offended by this. Oh no, you're not, I mean, Daniel. Nothing you're can just, offend you. Just, you just stereotype my family. Um, <laughs> so dinner, yeah, dinner. Is you know that can be a meal, which is another chance to sit round and talk. That can I go fear, on for hours. I fear dinner is is eaten off laps in front of televisions mm. all too often. Yes. And there, there's little communication, or it's not one family meal, but it's fragmented into bits and pieces of people coming and going, oh. and therefore it's just another fuel station yeah. issue. I don't. I can't abide that. No. I, I have to have meal times yeah. and a chance to talk and connect and argue. Well, arguing is important. I mean, arguing is important, but not if it's competition <laughs> argument. No, that's why everyone lets me make my vodka beetroot cured salmon at Christmas and they, right. no one will ever make it so there'll never be a comparison. Yeah. All they can do is eat it and say how nice it is or try and avoid it or throw it away when my back is turned. I don't know what they do. Yeah. They can certainly get a big wodge of it. Um... So which would you say is your favourite meal of the day, Sarah? I like all meals. No, no, come on. Come on. I've asked you a simple question. Uh, lunch. Because then lunch can still be a bit breakfasty, or it can be a bit like dinner. And if you've missed one, you can have a large lunch to sustain you through to dinner time. I don't think that's an answer to my question, if I may say. Okay. I mean, the fact lunch might be a bit like other meals, so who cares? Yeah. I'm not talking about how you feel, uh-huh, you know, how, yeah. how it sets you up for the day, how you look forward to it, how it, you know, what, what yeah, you know, how it works for you, your well, biorhythms. Really, I mean, you know, what's... Um, I don't really think I've looked into it that much because a lot of the time I forget to leave you time. You don't look into it, you just live. Yeah. You have, Can I and I'm not going to give your age, but all those years you have experience of it yes but do you know what no you're a bit annoyed with me i like that i'm not annoyed with you you're I'm, wagging your finger i'm going to let you, you know are wagging your finger as an independent yeah i'm gonna get a lecture here human i'm getting a lecture or single people people really who quiet? live on their own they don't really take time very much to cook a meal because sometimes you've been so busy throughout the day and go oh yeah i'm hungry now and you go oh i don't know what to cook i'll just have some cheese and crackers or a sandwich or something like that. True story. I've <laughs> seen people post it on a, yeah. online. But I don't really mind what I'm eating. 
but I do enjoy sitting down at the dining table and having my food. I like to. Is it dining tables? Is it dinner? That's where I dine. Yeah, dinner. And have my food. Okay. It won't just be dinner. I'll have my breakfast. I see. At the dining Uh, table. So the table, yeah. My lunch. Some people have a breakfast table or a breakfast bar, and then they have a kitchen table or yeah. No, I've just got a dining table. One place. One place. Okay. So sometimes I sit on the stool at the end of the okay. kitchen, but so I like to sit down. I like to take time. And there are times where I, I am sat and the sun's coming through the window. I go, this is nice. And maybe I have had time in my day to make a lovely meal. Mm. But you need to share it with somebody. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised. There Not always, but. You know, there's so many apps for bonking, but there's no app for having somebody join you for dinner. No, but you can do, you can sign up for those... Uh, Thursday. No, no, no. There's, a, there's one where you go around to people's houses for dinner. Oh. It's like a dinner party. I'm not thinking of that. I'm just thinking about somebody that finds themselves, maybe because they're travelling or something. Yeah. You know, in London. I mean, and they, most people have friends and they just invite them around. Yeah, but I'm talking about... You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. how do you feel about eating alone in a restaurant? Oh, I've done it since my... Since forever, since yeah, my you, early Do you prefer to 20s. eat alone or you you prefer to have company? Uh, it depends how good the food is. You mean the food can be the whole story? Yeah. Mm. Sometimes I mean, bad, I've bad, sat in a restaurant. Bad company or somebody with bad table manners is off-putting, oh, isn't gosh, it? Oh gosh, terrible so table manners. The best thing to do is to sit side on rather than opposite because then if their table manners are bad, you can sort of just blink them out. Yeah. But then I don't always want to be turning my head to talk to someone because then it gives my neck ache. But I've sat in many restaurants by myself right. and just been so into the food. Yeah. And very happy. I remember one particular evening, I was at a club I'm a member of and I'd had credit on my thing because they closed into there. So I ordered, I went in for, on a Sunday, ordered the roast. And they were like, oh, do you want us to bring out your, your starter before your main? I was like, no, let's bring it out all together. I'm having a banquet here. And everything came out. I'm trying the cauliflower cheese. There's the broccoli on the side and everything. Sipping my wine. And I'm like, mm, this is so good. And I'm the first person people see as they come into that section of the restaurant. Yeah. I'm having a great time on my own. And they see me, they give me a nod. <laughs> They're like, you're right. I'm like, great, thanks. Give them a cheers. It's funny, actually, because I, I was in Bills, which we go to quite a bit in Greenwich because they take dogs. Yeah. Allow dogs. And, and we'd had breakfast uh, on famille. Mm. And there was um, a guy, actually, he happened to be a black chap eating breakfast on his own. Right. Uh, had an amazing characterful face. I really wanted to photograph him, actually. It wasn't Barry, was it? No, it wasn't Barry. I actually, um, I looked at it and I thought, that must be an amazing face. Maybe artists have that view. They'd like to draw your face. How old was he, roughly? Fifties uh, or maybe okay. late fifties. And he was having breakfast on his own. and But he was really into it. I could see him so ready for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So so in the in the moment. Yeah. Just taking the time to have breakfast and not at all conscious that he was having breakfast on his own like anyone would wonder where the other people in his life were. You know, he obviously I don't know what the reason was. I didn't speak. 
But I just said something like, enjoy your breakfast to him. And there was kind of a little nod between guys of a certain age, a sort of little moment of recognition. Right. Like, yeah, we've been there. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And um, maybe he'd earned his breakfast too. He looked like he might have done. I mean, if he was already out and about. He might have saved the world already, you know. There we go. Pushed a car, got it started. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little in-joke there. How are we doing for time, Sarah? (laughs) We've got... It's 47 minutes passed into this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. The other other episode, we just carried on talking. We did. I don't know what we were talking about. But, um, you know, I'm going to put in a, a... I mean, I, I think lunch is the... You know, there's Sunday lunch. Mm. And when we did a big Sunday lunch, you know, we would be upset if people left before seven o'clock. Right. Because that was kind of like the marker of whether it was that good. Okay. One way to keep people is to have cheese at yeah. the end. It just goes round and round, more crackers. By the way, I went into Waitrose to buy some things the other day and they've moved things around. So I, and I don't go there much anyway. So I said to this chap, where are the biscuits for cheese? And he was wearing headphones and things. So he started walking and said, crackers. And I said... Well, my wife thinks so, but how do you know? <laughs> oh, dear. He thought that was funny. He did. Okay. Yeah. Um, I filed a complaint, of course. Um, <laughs> so you got your crackers. Actually, they, your they, were, bit, they, were, they were actually rather, you know, run out of things. A lot of things like cars, water biscuits and so on that I wanted. They weren't there. Uh. It's I like getting some decent oat cakes these days. Oh dear. I'm a bit of a cheese and biscuits and an apple person when there's nothing else going on, you know. There we go. Quick, quick and dirty. There we go. Well, I'd like it to be more dirty, but you know, there's no Just one around. Just had some chutney on there then. <laughs> yeah, I made all these pears, didn't I? Didn't I give you a jar? No, you didn't, Daniel. It's just like you and your nuts. You keep going on about your smoked nuts and you only let me have four little mm, nuts. Most people really get two. <laughs> oh, <Not> really? <laughs> <laughs> Don't boast about things that you're not willing to share. <laughs> well, I'm very willing to share. You know. I haven't had much takers. I haven't had any takers for a long time. <laughs> Remember during lockdown, you were making chutney... Like, like crazy. Those... There's still some left, actually. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't realise you were, you know, missing all these things. Yes, there's a lot I miss. I never but... know what you've had of my creations. You, you need to be more forceful. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I feel you like... You bring your to... own jar and I'll <laughs> fill it with nuts. Still got the jars that you gave me and I could do say, oh, do you want these back? You go, no, no, or no. Or the Kilner jars. <laughs> yeah. I, buy, I buy Kilner jars like they're getting out of fashion. <laughs> but sometimes I don't like to impose you know, myself the, the French, on people too much. Yeah, the French have a one called Parfait. Le Parfait, which means perfect. Right. Much cheaper. I buy them in the... In the um, in the market gardening place. The no, not the market garden, the gardening centre. Right. And they sell six of them for 14 euros. And then I get a discount because I'm a... A pensioner. A loyal shopper. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they cost like two euros each, you know, which is pretty cheap for a What's good litre. That's less, good. Less, less than two pounds. What's the age that you're considered a pensioner now? It used to be 60 for women and 65 for men, but then they equalised it and then raised it so it was like 67 or something I'm not even sure oh. 66 maybe 67 okay it's um yeah I mean the you know whatever they do uh there was something on next door someone was saying oh I'm so lonely and being mm. in this area for so long who wants to meet for coffee or lunch blah 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 and I'm like well 
you can go out. There's places that do where you can go for lunches together, mainly if you're a pensioner. Yeah, they they have um fish and chip shops have a pensioner Tuesday or something, don't oh, they? Do they? If you go between certain hours, you get it cheaper. Yeah, and places do kids eat free. Yeah, that's true. Which is good for some people. For yes. everyone, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wonder how much you can abuse that. You know, just take your kid and let them do all the ordering. You know? <laughs> I've actually caused a bit of trouble in restaurants before. Where, um, I worked out, because I have that sort of brain. Right. But if you constructed the breakfast they're offering out of the sides, it's cheaper to buy them as sides, you see. Okay. So when they say, what would you like? I'd say, um, can I just have some sides? And they, that seems a bit awkward. Mm. They say yes, and then I just you know so I just pick out the, the things I want. Right. If they haven't thought about it. And how much enough. does that save you? Well, it's more the the small win approach to life, you know. I feel I had this. Uh, I was working with some guys, some men, and we were up in the Peak District, and they had worked really? that I out. I didn't think you had any um, noticeable peaks. Wow. According to your mum, anyway. Wow, Daniel. So, so, you, so you had a, a man in the why, peak... Why anyway, you... <laughs> let me get this right. You had a man in the peak district, but... I think there was two or three of them. Three men in the peak district? Yes. Really? I yes. mean, there's not enough to go round, is there? Oh, there's plenty. You should see the stamina I've got, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they had worked this out. Is that called a foursome? I guess so. Or was, maybe it's called a four by two. A two by four? <laughs> no, that's a piece of wood. Four by two. Exactly, is, that's the one. Four by two is is rhyming slang for Jew. Oh, is it? You know that? I didn't. No. Yeah, there were a lot of four by twos there. Four by twos. Oh, I just called them Jews. <laughs> <laughs> just keep everything black and white here, or. Uh... No, you can't say that. <laughs> Anyhow, in the Peak District, the guys that I was with, they realized that it was cheaper to do that but then they wanted i think eggy bread yeah. but they weren't allowing it even though you could get egg and bread yeah it no. sounds like a moment from one of those movies usually involving jack nicholson uh. like seven easy pieces or something where he can't order what he wants no he, he wants just chicken and they they don't have it so he orders the chicken salad and then tells them not to bring everything else because they can deal with that. You can, in yeah. America, you say, hold the this, hold the that. Oh, yeah. So he gets the chicken salad and ends up just with the chicken, you see. see. So he works around their little menu. Yeah. Nazi approach, which is, you can only have what we have on the menu, yeah. Yeah. And Don't, I wish they... No substitutions, no replacements. But I wish they'd do that here in the UK, because in the restaurants I work at, I'm putting in the bin so much... From people's plates, and I'm like, well, you, you could have just asked for no lettuce, you could have asked for no bun, you could have asked for no, yeah, yeah. no sauce. Instead, yeah. they're paying yeah. quite good money, and it's bad throwing food away, isn't it? And it's just being chucked in the bin. Yeah, that's not good. So, but people think they're paying, and therefore they can do what they like, do they? I mean, they, do people ask for doggy bags at your restaurant? They Boxes don't, to take but away the... I do offer it to them. Right. Especially if they've had the Bavette steak. That's, what, £26? Yeah. And they won't... Some of them won't finish at all. And there's, I was like, you can make you a beef sandwich Bavette, for... Yeah, it's a very cheap cut of meat. I don't know how they can charge that much for it. Mm. It's called feather steak, or, you know, the French have a word for it as well. as Anglais. I feel like any beef is just always... 
you know. Actually, I have a joke in the French because the anglais is the French word for the for that steak. You see, right? The bavette, and um, so I go up to the French and I say, "What is the difference? Qu'est-ce que c'est la différence entre between? What's the difference between an anglais, one in one anglais, and les anglais, more than one anglais?" Mm. And they say, I don't know, je sais pas, qu'est-ce que c'est la différence entre un anglais et les anglais? And I say, un anglais, c'est une pièce de bœuf. Right. Et les anglais sont les roast beef. And anyone who has a smattering of French will laugh at that joke. They'll be laughing. They'll be spitting their coffee against the oh, wall. Wow. It'll, it's so funny. It is that funny. Okay. And the French find it extremely funny. I'm glad they do. What's the difference between one English person and, and English people in general? One's, One's a piece of beef and the other... You know, they call us the roast beef, don't you? I didn't know that. That's the, that's the way they tag us, roast ah, beef. Ah, well, that's why they'd find it really funny. Yeah, they find it hilarious. Jane actually came up with that improvement. I said, un anglais is a piece of beef. Yeah. Les anglais are the people who live in England. Uh-huh. She said, no, idiot. Les anglais, on les roast beef. And then you've got the word beef in both bits of it. And it scrambles their brains. Okay. They love it. I, I quite often turn to people in the queue at the supermarket, chaps of yeah. my age, and say, I've got a joke for you. They, they love it. They say, oh, okay, yeah, please. Actually, I've got three jokes for them. One's about making love all night. I think we've heard that one before. Yeah. So, it's yeah. absolute lies. Causes, a, <laughs> causes, causes quite a lot of embarrassment in a supermarket queue. But it goes back to what we were talking about the other day. Yes, but remember... About having using time to your best advantage. Yes. You know, yes. queues, anywhere there's a queue is, is a chance to perform. Yes. But remember, we've done 75 episodes. More. More. So, you need to come up with new jokes. Oh, well, I'm working on them all the time. I'm actually working on ev- a joke for every shop on the high street in France. Are you? I've covered the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the fishmonger. Oh, no, I haven't done the cheese shop yet. You're right. I need to mm. do one for the cheese shop. All right. And then, um, you know... And then, I mean, I've got one to do with the boulangerie. That's the bread shop. I don't know what a boulangerie is. And the word for mud in French is boue. Boue, yeah. Boue. And lingerie is women's underwear. Yeah. So I asked them, what's the difference between the boulangerie, you know, the place where you buy bread and the place where you buy intimate apparel? Okay. And I say boue, because it's <laughs> boue lingerie. <laughs> I, had, I love explaining my jokes. Um, somebody's just spat their coffee out all over again <laughs> boo <laughs> Alex Sarah um, much as I love talking to you we're going to have to wrap it up aren't we I've got to go and see somebody about a dog I thought you were going to see someone about some lunch <laughs> well I'm going for a late lunch maybe tea at the Delaunay and then it'll turn into dinner and I've got the photographs I took and to... then you're going out for cocktails I'm actually going to the theatre by myself tonight Hi. yeah see best of enemies I could have come with you. Well, you still can. Wow. I don't know if there's a seat next to mine. There were four seats. I bought them in some cheapo thing and not, not full price, you know. Buff, 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 buff. Best way to do it. And the way I position myself is I could have a beautiful woman next to me because there's three seats. You or you see. could have an annoying person on their phone scrolling yep, through. Yeah, there are three seats to my right, so the chances are that one of them will be a single, but I might just get the couple there and then the single. You know. I've just left myself with options. Somebody that, you know, will want to talk about it in the interval. And yeah. I can offer to buy a drink. Ooh. Unless uh, you've pre-ordered <coughs> and your drink's waiting for you. So, with regret. Okay. It's curtains. 
it's goodbye from me. And it's ta-ta for now, for me. Until next time, folks, we are off. Ciao for now. Bye. Bye.